This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series. Our primetime mastermind is stepping into spring. We're springing into success by busting up fear and procrastination with our No Excuses series. Our series starts tonight with movie producer-director Louis Lottman. What are your excuses and what's holding you back? Well, Louis and I are coming at you with this No Excuses boot camp starting right now. Louis Lottman, welcome back. Hi, Sabrina. Great to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you've been gone for a little over a year, and I'm sure you have wonderful things going on. Tell the audience who you are and what you've been up to. Yeah, well, my name is Louis Lottman. Uh, actually, I'm calling in here uh, live on the phone, I guess, with you. I'm in Medellin, Colombia. I've been here uh, studying Spanish and uh, just enjoying life. I have an outsourcing company out of the Philippines. We provide virtual assistant services as well as project management services, and I'm really involved in entrepreneurship and helping people do more of what they love and less of what they don't love. Lovely. We are springing prayerfully out of all this winter weather into a beautiful spring, and I'm sure over the last four months people have gotten a lot of resolutions, a lot of uh, you know business building strategies, and wonderful things up there and there in the air about what they want to achieve. But it's normally at this time we hear the excusitises. That's what I call it, excusitises. People who procrastinate and then they start pulling back from those goals and dreams. So I wanted to do a boot camp with you about people actually taking responsibility for their own success. What do you say? Well, I think it's one of the number one things that a person can do in life, whether we're talking about taking control of their success or taking control of their life, putting themselves at cause for all of the results in their life. Because there's a lot of people out there, and it sounds like you're alluding to this, and hopefully most of the people who are listening to this aren't falling into this category, but there's a lot of people who give their power away to other people and think that they're not responsible for their lives, their circumstances, their situations, and they think that things are random. But when you put yourself on the cause side and the responsible side of creating your life and you take 100% responsibility, a lot of people are scared of that. But what it does is it gives you power. See, a lot of people have created and are responsible for inventing or conjuring up or, or at cause or responsible, whatever you want to say, for maybe what they'll label as failure or what they'll think is results that they don't want. But the great thing is they use a particular strategy. They took certain steps. There's a certain recipe that they took, you know, day in and day out, week in and week out, hour in, hour out, second in, second out, whatever it is that got them to where they are. And all they need to do is wake up to the fact that they took certain steps to get the result that they got. And if they want a different result, all they need to do is figure out what's the recipe to get that result that I want. And then go out and do that thing or do that recipe. Take those specific steps. And if you don't know what that recipe is, if you don't know what that strategy is to get a result that you really want, go out and find someone else that has that result. And if you take that responsibility, you can go out and create whatever you want. But the problem is most people are looking for a handout. Most people mm -hmm. are waiting for the government to come in and help them. Most people are waiting for permission. You know, one of the... One of the governing philosophies that I live my life by and a lot of successful people that I know do is sometimes it's better to ask for permission than it is, excuse me, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is right. for permission. There's right. a lot of people waiting around, waiting around, waiting around for someone to 
walk up and tell them that they can go and do something. But the most successful people in business and in life, they're not waiting around for permission. They go out and do it. And if they did something wrong, they'll apologize and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But they'll go out and get what they want because they take responsibility for their lives. And the people that are waiting around for permission are going to be waiting around for a very long time. So you're talking about the passive the passive role that people can fall into by, you know, believing that the Savior is going to come out there and, and uh, you know, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm here, what do you want from me? <laughs> that, that's absolutely it. I, I forget who it was. Uh could have been the Mormons uh, or the Amish. They, they have something, you know, when you're praying, keep your feet moving. You know, mm-hmm. the, the old saying, God helps those who help themselves. Uh, you know, you can't wait around for that Savior. You're going to be waiting for a very long time. There's a lot of people who think they're holier than thou, yet they don't have any of the results in their life that they want because they're just sitting around waiting. You know, everything in life is cause and effect, and you have to put yourself on the cause side. Most people are sitting around on the effect side, and they think it's someone else's fault, someone else's responsibility. They're waiting for a government check. They're waiting for someone else to take care of them. And it's pretty pathetic, quite frankly. It's quite frankly pathetic that these people have given up all the power in their lives to make decisions for themselves, to be the creators of their lives, when all they need to do is make a decision and put themselves at cause for all of the results in their life. They get a bit overwhelmed, but the power in that is that they had the power to create a certain result. When they realize that, they can also realize that they have the power to create a different result by taking new steps and new actions and in large, they'll start getting new results. You just have to make a decision that you are responsible for your own life. Now, in that responsibility, we have, as society have always thought that the most intelligent or the highest educated, well, they are the ones that are supposed to figure out what's going on. And you see what's going on in the world now. We have the highest educated making most of the, the decisions for the world, and you see where we're at. Um, where do you think that we're going to get off that merry-go-round of this whole intelligence, higher education? Uh, does Warren Buffett have a few PhDs? I don't think so. Well, I, I hope it's the people that are listening to this call might realize where they've gone wrong. And, and first of all, who said that it's the intelligent people, the elite people, the well, whatever it is? You know, Les Brown always said, grow where you're planted. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really change where you come from. You can't really change who your family is. You can't really change what happened in the past. But what you can change is what happens now. Everything that happened to us has happened to us in the past. doesn't mean that it's happening right now. Well, I didn't have a college education. I didn't grow up in the right family. I was abused as a child, blah, 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 blah. But it all happened in the past. It's not happening right now. Your past doesn't have to equal your future unless you live in the past. Get your head out of the past and start looking forward into the future and create your future based out of nothing. Create your future out of out of a new rather than based on how it's always been. Because if you keep looking at your past, you're going to bring your past and your future and you're going to be in this vicious cycle. But what you have to do is realize I am the I am. I am the one who creates my life and I am going to make a new decision. You know, a lot of people, we're, we're scared because our friends are all losers and they're complaining and misery loves company and they have oh, no yes. money and they're not successful. And we all sit around during our one hour at lunch break and talk about how much we hate our jobs and our lives and we look forward to the, the one or two week vacation that we get. That's not what successful people do. Successful people are willing to let go of the past. Successful people are willing to let go of relationships that aren't serving them. Successful people are willing to let go 
of circumstances that aren't going to get them to the next level. They're willing to look foolish. Never forget, about 15 years ago, I was listening to Robert Allen, a uh, great wealth um, philosopher and real estate investor. And he was talking, he said, if you want to be rich, you're going to have to be willing to make a fool out of yourself. You know, I didn't really get it. I was at the time, I was probably about 20 years old when I was listening to him, 21 years old. And I was like, what's he talking about? Oh, my God. And, and I'll never forget because it stood out to me. I'm like, oh, boy, what is he? And it's literally like I would be thinking about it day in and day out. And it came to a point where I finally realized, wow, you've got to be willing to make a fool of yourself. You've got to be willing to put yourself on the line. Successful people don't care how many people laugh at them. Successful people don't care how many times they failed. Successful people don't care how many times that they had to pick up the bat and swing it or have to go out and attempt it and hear the word no. Successful people only care about the ultimate outcome, the thing that they're going for, the thing that they truly want and desire and decide that they're going to get no matter how many times they fall down. They get back up and they keep moving forward until they achieve that thing that they want. And if everybody's laughing at them and they made a fool of themselves, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they got the prize. They got the thing that is that they're looking for. They built the company. They built the relationships. They've got the stuff. They are the person. They're doing the thing that they love. Whatever it is, they're not concerned about all the external things. That's what people who are less evolved are wondering about, caring about what are my neighbors going to think about me? What are my friends going to think about me? Well, maybe you should find a new set of friends that support you to go for your dreams and your goals versus the, the crabby folks that keep pulling you back down into the bucket of crabs. Now, you're talking about going for your dreams, and you're talking about hanging out with the average humdrum people that you always know. People always go towards that comfort zone. It's because of the fear and the procrastination that they do have. They don't want to admit to. And what they don't realize is people who go for their, their dreams and people who get over that whole excusitis, they have a bit of fear and procrastination, but they do things differently. What do you think that is? <laughs> they, they take action. They take action in the present moment. They get off their butt. They get off the couch. They, they get off their whatever it is that they're sitting on, and they do something about it. My old mentor, Tony Robbins, always used to say to us, never leave this site of setting a goal without taking one step toward its attainment. One step. Because what that does, it creates momentum, and that next step will reveal the next step, and that step will reveal the next step. But we know so many people, they sit around at the restaurant, they sit around their house, the television, they just sit around and complain. They might even come up with some ideas. Wouldn't this be a good, you know, someone should do this. Someone should do that. Successful people say, why not me? Me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And, you know, <laughs> once you start conditioning yourself to be comfortable with discomfort, You'd be amazed at how uncomfortable you get with comfort. Like me in my life right now, if I'm around a bunch of people who are non-action takers, I can't be around them anymore. My skin begins to crawl and I, I have to get out of there because I realize how detrimental it is to, to my health. I realize that it's just not a positive, energetic space to be in. And I've conditioned myself for years and years and years of this kind of way of being, but it's people who haven't yet woken up to that. And there's people who are on the cusp. There's people who realize, I know there's a better life for me. And all they need is that third-party validation. They need to meet someone like yourself, Sabrina. Meet someone like myself. Meet someone who's out there living the life, going for their dreams, following their goals, going after what it is they want. Because the more they start meeting these types of people, they think, oh, wow, you know, if that guy or that girl can do it, then I can do it. Who are they? You know, I'll never forget, I was... 
sitting with Mark Victor Hansen, author of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. This part is uh, in the end of the S movie, the Smovie.com, the film about uh, exposing the secrets of young millionaires that I made several years ago. And Mark Victor Hansen says that at the end of the movie, he says, you know, you should be watching this right now and, and watching me and thinking, if that guy can do it, I can do it. He's just mm-hmm. a guy that went after his dreams. That's what every single person is. We're all created equally. It's our thoughts, it's our beliefs, it's our experiences, it's the people that we have around us that makes us all different as we evolve over time. And all you need to do is make a decision. And again, the only thing that matters, Sabrina, is not how many times you failed, but it's how committed were you in the face of failure, in the face of laughter, in the face of all these things that are happening to all of us. You know, our circumstances aren't all that different. Well, you know, you didn't grow up with this family. Yeah, but... Well, you you didn't have this kind of father or mother. This didn't happen to you when you were a child. It, again, it all happened in the past. You don't have mm-hmm. to bring it into your future. And it's all right. you need to do is keep your eye on the prize, that one thing that you want. And it doesn't matter how many hurdles come in your way or how big those hurdles are. As Hannibal said, we'll either go around it, we'll go over it, we'll go under it, or we'll go through it. Everyone has something. But it's the people who are truly most successful that persist on until they get that thing that they want. Well, everybody talks about the winner's circle and hanging out with the, the people and that you, you are usually a reflection of the five people closest to you. Now let's talk a little bit about that comfort zone box of people who you really think are your friends but really kind of have that lasso around you where you're really not going anywhere. You had a great idea a couple of years ago, but that best friend or maybe that well-meaning parent or that uh, long-time buddy who's failed in business, uh, she's, she's told you, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think, you're crazy? <laughs> We've got that comfort zone box. And that really, uh, that stops a lot of people. It, it sure does stop a lot of people. Like I said, you've got to get, comfortable with discomfort and you got to get uncomfortable with comfort because the more you do something the more comfortable it gets so the more you put yourself in that awkward position i would i mean this is something i've done multiple times in my life and i still do it to this day excuse me and this is what successful people do i would go out of my way to find experiences that i can put myself into that make me feel uncomfortable you know, some people, do you believe, have never had lunch by themselves before? I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's people who've, who've never gone shopping by themselves. There's people who've never gone to a movie by themselves. There's there's people who would never go to a new town by themselves or take a, a bus ride by themselves. I mean, you know, you've got to start feeling comfortable and believing in yourself because, again, the Savior is not going to come unless you start the the proper action you know, God or the universe or energy, whatever you want to call it, tends to help those and put circumstances out there for those that are helping themselves. It, 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 an object in motion tends to stay in motion. But on the flip side, an object at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. So unless something is going to pry that person up off the couch, chances are they're not going to change. Which is why shows like this and audio recordings like this are so important because this could be the difference that makes the difference. This could be the straw that breaks that camel's back. There has to be something that gets people out of that comfort zone. Unfortunately, for most people, Sabrina, what I've found is it takes somebody dying 
or it takes a divorce or the end of a relationship or it takes a loss of all your money or a loss of a job. It takes some dramatic thing. Why wait around for that? Why not start working on and improving the things that you need to work on now? So I would find ways to stretch your comfort zone because as the old saying goes, a mind once expanded never goes back to its original form. You know, you have to start being intentional about about finding ways to expand your mind. Find ways to expand your comfort zone. Find ways to put yourself into experiences that you've never done before. If you're the one who's sitting there and you've never had lunch by yourself, go out to lunch. You know, they might laugh at you. You're right. People might stare at you and wonder why you're by yourself. Maybe you have no friends or no coworkers or no family. Who cares? If that's what it takes for you to grow emotionally as a human being, which in turn will help you grow spiritually, which in turn will help you grow financially, which in turn will help your happiness grow and grow as a person, I'd say go for it. I mean, I wouldn't go to sleep any single day until you've put yourself into an uncomfortable position. Because, again, the more you put yourself in that uncomfortable position, the more comfortable those positions begin to feel. So you need to start expanding your emotional awareness as well as being intentional about creating these kinds of experiences for yourself so you can become a stronger person. Because they say you can manage or you can judge a person by how they act when they're under stress. So if it's the first time you're in your uncomfort zone or your discomfort zone, you're probably going to freak out or you might freak out just a little. But if you've been in that zone so many times in your life, you're going to be like a, you know, a swan floating on the pond you know, looking calm, cool, and collected above, but, you know, down underneath, you're paddling like a dickens with your feet. And that's what happens when we put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. We can act and react in certain ways, and we know that we're going to be okay because we've done it so many times. And inside, we're working really hard, but we can handle it in a way that keeps us calm, cool, and collected, just like that swan on the pond. Another thing I found uh, in people's failure to succeed, they're trying to use the words try, maybe, but excuse-itis words, but also they're usually running with the same pack of people who they haven't worked out that whole success thing with in the first place. They're afraid to go outside, not just the physical outside, but meeting new people, new connections that are where they want to be. And I'm sure that you, you know, you finally had to say, hey, I need to, to broaden my circle of people. If I've worked with, you know, person A, B, and C, and we worked on a venture and that didn't work, wouldn't it be right to step out and find some other types of people who've achieved in this? That's another thing that keeps people back, their connections. Well, that, that's what you were saying before was, you know, uh, Jim Rohn used to say, you're a result of the, the five people you spend the uh, most time with. And mm-hmm. we have to be intentional if someone is not, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich said we should all have a mastermind. These are people we spend our time with. But the thing is, not everybody realizes they're already in a mastermind. Most of our masterminds are our family, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. But he also said that you should be the dumbest and the poorest person in your mastermind. That means in your group of friends, you should be the dumbest one and the poorest one because uh, 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 we tend to rise to the level of the expectation of our peer group. So if we can create and intentionally create a peer group of people who are more successful, who are smarter, who have more money than us, we're going to rise to the level of their expectation. If we want them to be our peers, naturally we're going to do what it takes and it sets off something inside of us 
that is subconsciously going to have us working in a way to meet the level of their expectations. Because if those are our peers and we can create relationships with these people, we're going to want to become equals with these folks. You know, a lot of times, how do we meet those people? You go out and serve them. Figure out how can I help this person? How can I make a difference for this person? What would this person want? And go out and do it. You know, for a lot of you, you need to just move out of your mother or father's house. You know, get out of the basement. Get out of the old <laughs> room that you grew up in. You know, don't only move, don't only move across, across the, you know, the street or across the city, but move across the country. Move somewhere where you don't know anyone. Move to where the opportunity is. Move to where your passion is. Move to where you think you can go out and move and shake and meet people and make things happen. Go to where you think you can start a business. If you think that you've got an idea for something that, you know, if you're up north and it's cold and the opportunity is where it's warm, go for it. You know, go for it. You're going to be forced to meet new people. You're going to be out of your comfort zone. If you've never been in an area where you're the only person, it's just you and yourself and you've got to face yourself every day. And it's a great challenge. It's a wonderful challenge because you can be anyone that you want to be. The problem is we keep taking who we were in the past into where we go into the future. So we need to be intentional about our environment, our friends, our experiences, all these different things. We need to start from a new, literally, Start from a blank slate. Imagine your life as a book and you're writing. You are the author of your book. The, the pages haven't been written yet. But the problem is most people, because they've read the pages in the past, they think they already know what's going to happen on the next pages. And they bring the same kind of attitude and atmosphere and culture from the past into their future. You know, imagine a sculptor. The sculptor starts with a big lump of clay. We're all big lumps of clay. But the sculptor has a vision in their mind, and they just start shaving little by little by little off that lump of clay, little by little by little. Next thing you know, after days, weeks, months, years, however long they're sculpting for, they will not quit until they've achieved a magnificent, perfect sculpture. The same is true with us. We need to start shaving off little things in our life, in our business, and the results that we're having shaving off things that aren't working, and we need to start shining a light on the things that are working. You know, the Olympics are right now in, in Sachi, Russia, and right. you watch these people. You see, we might see them in, on the snowboard or the ski jump or even curling, and, you know, they've done it so many times. How many times do you think these ski jumpers have jumped off that ski jump? They probably do it 10, 20, 50, 100 times a day for seven days a week, you know, 12 months out of the year, 20 years out of their life, however however long they've been around, they make a life out of them. They've done it so many times to where it becomes habitual. They don't even need to think, the snowboarder doesn't even need to think that, you know, I jump here, I turn here. It just becomes habit. You know, I heard an interview with one of the people uh, who won a gold medal, and he said, I've done it so many times. It was almost as if I was in practice. It didn't feel like I was in the Olympics because it became a habit. And the same thing is true for us as business people, as uh, success in life people, whatever you want to call it, someone who achieves the results that they want. We need to wake up every day and figure out what's not working in my life, what's not working in my business, what do I want, what do I want to improve, what can I do that's going to make me feel uncomfortable, what's going to help me grow as a person. And we need to every single day Start doing the things. You have a thought. You have an idea. You have a dream. You just need to go for it. And every single day you need to start going for that because it's like building a muscle. After a while, you don't even think about it anymore. You just have the idea and you go for it. Obviously, there's some critical thinking involved and there's time management involved. 
But the whole point is that you know with absolute certainty that you're going to achieve your dreams, you're going to hit your goal, and you're going to be a success because you are a successful person. Young children are, are brought up and grown as successful people. They think they can do it all. They got, and it's only until, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven years old. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And then they get, you know, uh, immersed into a society or a culture where they're spoken down to and people don't believe in them. And next thing you know, they've lost all their dreams and goals and visions. We need to be childlike with our imagination. And we need to go for it with the gusto of a child. That's how you become successful. And look at the most successful people in business and in life. You'll find that they've got the wonder and curiosity of a young child and the belief that they can accomplish anything that they put their mind to. Because, again, it's not how many times you failed. But at the end of the day, all people see is that you achieved the goal you were going for. I've been told because I have that child-likeness, and I'm sure you've heard it, and I'm sure a lot of successful people have heard it. Oh, you're living in the dream world. All you think that is, all you think that is, if you hang around positive people and have positive thoughts, you're going to be positive and successful. But all of that success has to start with the thought, right? Well, absolutely, and it's a lot easier when you're surrounding yourself with other dreamers and other successful people. Or you could hang out with all the naysayers, and it's going to be a lot more difficult. You know, Tony Robbins used to say this stuff. He says, if you want to be successful in life, you have three options. The first option is you do nothing, <laughs> and you're not going to be a success. Okay, that's a pretty bad option, but you're welcome to do it. You're not going to get what you wanted. He said the second option is you can take all the naysayers with you. You can support everybody, bring them on your back, and carry them to the promised land with you. Now, that's going to be really hard. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but it's going to be very difficult. But then he said the third option. He said if you really want to be successful in life, he said there's certain relationships in your life that you're just going to have to say goodbye to. And the unfortunate thing for a lot of people, Sabrina, is that they sleep in the same bed with that person. They're married oh, yeah. to that person. Mm -hmm. those, people are, those people are in their family or their best friends or they're dating them or they're their coworkers. Now, it's really tough. Everybody comes to that crossroad. And probably for a lot of us, we come to that crossroad more regularly than others. But there's a certain point when you have to say goodbye, cut off that bridge, and not look back. Because space fills a void. Space abhors a vacuum. What happens is when you cut that person off, you're going to create new space for someone else to enter your life. And if you're vibrating at a level of positive and success and going for more, who you're going to attract in your life is someone else that's positive and successful and going for more. It's amazing what happens when you start removing baggage out of your life. Now, I'm talking about physical baggage, mental baggage, emotional baggage. It's amazing what happens. You know, just to start, walk into your closet and start getting rid of clothes that you no longer wear. Walk into your pantry and start getting rid of food that you no longer eat. Walk around your house and start getting rid of trinkets that you no longer care about. It's amazing. Once you start getting rid of those things, it creates a clearing. What you're doing is creating a clearing, a space for something else to enter your life. If you're already dating someone and you're not happy with who you're dating, what if the other person that you really wanted to date came by? The space is not available. You need to create that space and have it available so when the thing or person or circumstance reaches you, you're available for it. It's like Earl Nightingale used to say, he said, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So 
So if you've been preparing to be lucky, if you've been preparing for your success and the opportunity comes, you're going to get what other people call being lucky. But we both know that it's not luck. It's preparation and preparation and preparation finally met the opportunity that you've been preparing for for a very long time. I love David J. Schwartz's book, The Magic of Making Big. And one of the lessons he talks about is investment, you know, you managing your environment going first class. But people think that they can get to a high-level success with bargain basement tools. What is your opinion in investing in your environment, investing in your education to better yourself, investing? Because I had a, a person tell me, hey, I was able to get a book published for free. Well, I looked at the book. It was okay. I mean, I guess it was something that would be a filler item. It wasn't the best quality. And I just felt because there was not an investment put into the production of that book, it just didn't do well. Well, the one thing that, uh, one of many things my father has always left me with is the greatest investment you can make is in yourself. And I truly believe that. And some of the most successful people that I've ever met that walk this planet have said the same thing. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Now, investing in yourself could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Investing in yourself is picking up a book like The Magic of Thinking Big, which is a fantastic book about expanding people's minds and uh, the magic of absolutely thinking big. And when you think you're thinking big, think bigger. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I, I should only go here, and I can only meet these people, and I can only wear these kinds of clothes, and I only have this. And, you know, expand that. Expand that. Jim Rohn used to say, well, if you can sell something and it's worth $1, what if you added a zero to it? Sell something that's worth $10. And what if you sold something that's worth $100? What if you sold something that's $1,000? What if you sold something that's $10,000? You know, the commission, the money starts to – to build, the more the higher price ticket items you sell, and the more money. If you can make one dollar, you can make a million dollars. He would say. So it's like this thinking big is is what successful people do. So investing into yourself. Now investing in yourself might be going to a seminar, reading a book. It might be taking a, sex, a successful person out to lunch. That's an investment. You're going to invest two hours of your time and fifty, a hundred dollars on a lunch or a dinner. And you're going to invest that time. That, that's an investment. Investment is, is when you put time or energy or resources or money into something that's going to have a payoff in the future. And we're all investing our money and our time and our energy in different ways. We just want to start waking up. How are we investing our time? I, I'm in Medellin, Colombia right now. I, I decided, because I've made such good investments for myself, I have a lot of time on my hand where I have passive income coming in and it's really nice and it allows me to have other options. And I thought to myself, what would happen if I started studying Spanish an hour a day? Now, what if I committed a week? What if I committed a month to that? What if I committed six months? What if I committed a year to that? The year is going to go by anyway, but what if I carved out one hour per day and invested one hour per day learning a new language? Perhaps I could be fluent in a new language in one year. You know, I'm about four months into it now, and I'm speaking pretty well, and it's a lot of fun. But I could just as well be watching television and sitting around drinking beer and complaining or, you know, whatever people do that don't <laughs> achieve the results that they want. But the idea and the concept was is that 
that small investment over time, we don't realize what it can do for us. And the same is true with building a business, investing an extra hour of making phone calls, you know, prospecting calls, client calls, customer service calls. What could that do for your business over the course of a year? What could it do for your business after the course of a day or a week? You know, that additional investment. So the greatest investment you can make is in yourself. Educate yourself. Learn from other people. Don't find reasons why you shouldn't do something. Find people who are out there doing the thing that you want to do and then learn the ways they do it. A lot of times it's going to cost you. You might have to buy a plane ticket, you know, and fly across the country. Go rent a car, get a hotel room. You know, the next day you might have to drive a couple hours just to meet that person for a meeting. You might invest six, eight thousand dollars, six, eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars, you know, on a, on a 24 hour trip to meet somebody. But what if that person was the one person you needed, you know, to get to the next level? Say it was a business deal or a new relationship. That's an investment. And we should always, we're, we're always investing our time. The question is, where are you investing that time? I love the quote, uh, that David gives about going first class. And, uh, there's a different mindset when you put yourself there and you're, not only your training, your environment, but even the types of the people you meet. And I want you to reiterate because I know that going first class has helped you and getting to where you need to. So elaborate. Let us know uh, what is that big picture that got you when you decided to start going first class. It changed your life. I know it did. Go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's there's lack thinking and there's prosperity thinking. Randy Gage, who's a friend of mine, opened my mind up about 10 years ago onto prosperity, turned me on to people like Catherine Ponder and, and, and other folks who would talk about prosperity and prosperity is just coming from a place of abundance knowing that there's always going to be more you know if you look at successful people they know with absolute certainty they're going to make the money you know they're not thinking about all the reasons not to do something they're thinking about all the reasons they should do something now sometimes you can get a little overboard with that but it comes down to your level of commitment how committed are you to make it happen might it mean that you have to spend uh, 24 hours working and not sleep? Yeah. You know, when I met Randall Pickett, who was uh, one of the first uh, apprentices, um, uh, he said to me, he said, uh, because one time uh, I pulled an all-nighter and I met him early the next morning and, and I said, yeah, I didn't sleep. And he goes, oh, that's par for the course. You know, he <laughs> just, he just got it. He knew it's like, this is what we do. Like, Sometimes you've got to put in the time, and that's just what successful people do. But, you know, if you say that to somebody in the box, like somebody who is has lack thinking, like if you tell someone you're working more than eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, they, they think you're insane. The most successful entrepreneurs I know, they would much rather work 80 hours a week for themselves than 40 hours a week for someone else. Right. Because, again, they have this abundant mindset. It's an investment into what they're building for the future. Because everything that successful do, successful people do, they're building for the future. They don't have this immediate gratification. They're willing to put off things for the long term for the ultimate payoff. So when you have this abundant mindset, when you have this place of coming from prosperity, it's like you might have to invest a little bit more money, but you actually have an opportunity to make that pay off. And in the back of your mind, subconsciously, you know that you are the kind of person that's going to make this pay off. You know, who I am 
will make this pay off. I know that when I invest a little more in my clothes or my travel or my relationship, it's going to pay off. And it might not pay off immediately, but who I am is the kind of person that will make it pay off. And it's okay. I'm not focusing on the lack or the lack thereof. I'm focusing on the abundance, the prosperity, on how I'm going to make it up. I know it's going to happen. And again, that's why we need to be selective. Jim Rohn used to say, say, stand guard at the door to your mind. And he would say, sit there and block the things that you don't want to come into your mind because our subconscious is, is, is a, is, is so powerful that we don't even realize that it's directing us every day in what we do. So if we're around people, that are telling us you can't afford that, you're not the kind of person to do that, you shouldn't be doing that, who do you think you are? We're just going to start believing them and, and they're going to be directly talking to our subconscious. Even though we might not want to hear it consciously, it's going to go through our conscious mind right into our subconscious and that's going to start driving us, which is why we need to be around other people who are abundant, who are prosperous. Learn to think the way that successful people think. Learn to believe the things that successful people believe. Learn the culture of success. Learn the culture of prosperity and abundance because when you surround yourself within it, when you immerse yourself in it, it just becomes who you are. And if you immerse yourself in the opposite, it's going to do the same. But now that you have this information, everyone who's listening to this, they now know that you will become the results of your environment. You will become the results of the people you spend your time with. You will, your thoughts are going to be shaped by the, the books you're reading, the television shows you're watching, the audios you're listening to, which is why it's so important to tune into Sabrina on a regular basis and take this kind of information, which is why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are having these types of conversations, not the normal conversations that happen around the water cooler, you know, when people are complaining about how much they hate their life and their job. Put <laughs> yourself around abundant, successful people that know that they're going to end up on top no matter what. That's abundance thinking. I wanted you, before we leave, to talk a little bit about that leadership mindset. You have talked to young entrepreneurs and, and, and just entrepreneurs, period, across the globe. And um, I wanted you to go down maybe three top things that they think about on a regular basis that the people at the water cooler that, and the people that are really the, the, the crabs in a barrel, uh, they try to drag us down, but they're not thinking. They're just not thinking. So, so the first thing, Sabrina, successful people focus on what they want. You know what unsuccessful people focus on? What they don't want or <laughs> what they don't want you to have. <laughs> Well, the most successful, almost all successful people are focusing on what they want. They right. have their eye on the prize. Unsuccessful right. people are focusing on what they don't want. Unsuccessful people don't want to get in trouble, don't want to get arrested, don't want to lose their money, don't want to do anything risky. And all they're thinking about is what they don't want, don't want, don't want, don't want. So if you draw a line down a piece of paper on the left side, you've got like this list of all these things you don't want. That's all that unsuccessful people see. Oh, I, I, I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to lose it all. I, I, I want to be secure. So all they're thinking about is all the things they don't want. They don't even – so, again, there's a line on the paper, all these things on the left side. On the right side, there's absolutely nothing. Now, successful people, they draw a line down the piece of paper. There's nothing on the left side called 
things I don't want. The only thing successful people focusing on are the things they do want. So it's like their vision, their belief, their culture, their goal, their life is geared toward one thing, moving toward the things that they want. So all the things they don't want just fall off that list because they're just worrying about the things that they don't want. I want a successful business. I want this to work out. I want to have this relationship. I want to achieve this goal. All these little things, oh, I don't, I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to lose this. I, they don't even come into their orbit. They don't even come into their awareness. So the first thing is focus on what you want. The second thing is what can I do right now to get me closer to my goals? So they're thinking about what can I do right now to bring me closer to my goals? They're always thinking about their goal. So their entire life, that vision is right in front of them. You know, the mm -hmm. sculptor, he or she already saw the sculptor when it was a lump of clay. The Olympian envisioned themselves in the Olympics hundreds of thousands of times, day in and day out, since they were a little child. You know, my, my mother's sister's son's daughter, I guess it's like my second cousin <laughs> or something like this, is, is actually an Olympic gymnast from Sweden. And when I met her, when she was like six or seven years old for the first time, she was doing these handstands and flipping around. I was like, wow, you know, you might be in the Olympics one day. She looked at me right in the eye and she said, I will be in the Olympics one day. And in two years, she's going to be in the Summer Olympics representing Sweden. Now, wow. that's the kind of, yeah, that's the kind of mindset that successful people have. They know they're going to do it. So that vision, it's always in front of them. They're never without that vision. That vision is who they are. Who they are is not who they were. Who they are is where they're moving into. So they're not even moving into it. They're already that person. At seven years old, she was already the Olympian. You know, the people who are successful, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is already envisioning the tablets and the iPhones and all these things 20, 30 years ago. He already knew that these things were going to happen. So... It, they're always thinking about what do I need to do next to get me closer to my goal. See, unsuccessful people are thinking about, oh, why can't I do that thing? Ah, there's all these reasons why I can't do it. Oh, I want it, but I can't. Successful people are thinking, what do I need to do next? What do I need next? So number one, successful people think about what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Number two, they think about what do I need to do in order to get there. What do I need to do in order to get there? And then third and finally, what they're thinking about is, okay, what else do I need to do to get there? Nothing else matters. I failed five times. Okay, what do I need to do next? What do I do need to do next? See, here's the difference between, let's say someone's almost successful. They have their dream. They have their goal. They have their vision. And then they, they, they make it to level two, we'll call it. They say, okay, what do I need to do next? And they go up, they go on that appointment, and they don't make the sale. And then they realize, oh, I can't start this company, I can't start this dream. No. Successful people, it doesn't matter how many times they fail, they're going to persist on until they, they hit their goal. You know, I'll never forget, uh, right out of college, I got a job knocking on doors in New York City selling phone and Internet service in 1999. And our goal was to knock on 50 doors a day. 50 doors a day, 50 doors a day. We needed a deal a day, they called it. 
we had to sell our phone and internet service. We need at least one deal a day. And we weren't supposed to come back to the office until we hit 50 doors or got a deal per day. And I'll never forget my boss. He said to me, he said, Lewis, nobody knows how many people said no to you out there. The only thing that people know is you walked back to the office and you got a deal. So what that meant was every day I got a deal, deal a day. I was hitting it. Maybe some days I had to knock on 50 doors. But when I started getting good at it, I only had to knock on 40 and then 30 and then 20 and then 10 and then 5. And then all I was doing was going on appointments from people who wanted to sign up with me. It was great because I had built this entire foundation. I had gotten better at my presentation. I had built relationships with people. I was getting referrals. So my business totally transformed at that point. But the only thing that people knew at the end of the day was there's Lewis writing up more business, making more money, helping more people, selling more services. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter how many times that, that they said no to me in the beginning because I was able to overcome that and transcend that. And the only thing that mattered was I was there being successful, doing the role that I was doing at that time, being very, very successful. Because if people don't judge you by the amount of times that you hear no, all that matters, and there's a great quote, I forget who said, at the end of the universe, something that goes, uh, uh, the, after the final no, that's right, after the final no, there is a yes. And it is upon that yes that the fate of the universe rests. And it's true. It doesn't matter how many times you hear no, when you get that ultimate yes, if you play that game of life as if your life depended on it to get that yes, doesn't matter how many times you tried to ask the girl out, you tried to make the sale, you tried to open up your business. All that matters is at the end of the day, you got that yes. You achieved what you wanted, and there you are. You are successful. Awesome. Awesome information. Give us your websites and where you're going to be. What's up for you this spring and summer? Well, you know, I have a personal commitment right now. I am uh, I'm learning Spanish. I've been here in Medellin, Colombia for the last several months. Uh, I'm going to uh, prospect some real estate in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico uh, come April, May. Then I'm actually going to do an Eastern European tour for a few months and then come back to Medellin, Colombia toward the end of the year, uh, pick up my my Spanish studies, you know, I have a, a great business, which is Supreme Outsourcing. The website is www.supremeoutsourcing.com. We offer virtual assistance services. We have a call center and we do project management work. So anything from web development to graphic design, data research, data entry, copywriting, SEO, uh, pay-per-click marketing, inbound, outbound phone calls, customer service, video editing, you name it. If it could be done online or on the phone, we've got a team. We'd love to help you out. Please contact us, supremeoutsourcing.com. Uh, you can shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you and, and help you delegate more of the things that you shouldn't be doing in your business so you could spend more time on the things that you should be doing. Focus on what matters most and build a team of people. We'd love to be that team for you that handles all those odds and ends in your company. Awesome. Are you on the Internet right now? I am on the Internet right now, yes. Yeah, go to our Building Abundant Success site. You'll see your picture up there. All right, fantastic. I don't know if you see it. Building Abundance Success? Yeah, it's at, you know, facebook.com forward slash Building Abundant Success. 
Building abundant success? Yes, that's right. All right, hold on. So it's loading, but that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, what I wanted you to do before before I let you completely go, and I'll probably bleep this out of the final um, when I put it up tonight or tomorrow, um, underneath your picture, um, I mean, below <clears throat> where where it has the banner, I put a banner I loved uh, about the theme, integrity is choosing your thoughts and actions based on values rather than personal gain. Wonderful. And, you know, because people, you know, integrity is pretty big in business. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna I, would say, I would say it's the only thing, sure. Yeah, yeah. But many people, of course, will only think about them, them, and them. And that's, well, that'll be my final question to you. What do you think about people who are just in it for personal gain? Doesn't that always get exposed and doesn't that sabotage success? Well, you know, I'm one of these people who think we're all in it for personal gain. Mother Teresa was in it for personal gain. Uh, you know, Gandhi was in it for personal gain. You and I are both in it for personal gain. You know, it's a very, very subjective topic, but mm -hmm. if Mother Teresa didn't want to go out and help people, she wouldn't have done it. If you didn't want to go out and help people, you wouldn't have done it. That's but you're right. out and serving others is gaining you personally also. So mm -hmm. if we can look to the highest good, the question we should all be asking ourselves is, how can I impact the most amount of people in the best way by doing the thing that I truly love and enjoy? Because if you can do what you truly love and enjoy and that you're good at and you can serve the most amount of people, in my perception, you're going to live a happy life. So I think that we should all be selfish and do the thing that we love, do the thing that we're good at. But we should also include the question, how can I impact the most amount of people doing what I love and I'm good at? So if you, can have the trifecta, mm -hmm. if you can have the trifecta by helping people while you're happy, because if you're a martyr and you're just serving, you're a prisoner. You know, right. I think you should go out and serve doing what you love and what you're good at. Then you're going to have a happy life. The amount of dollars that you make won't even matter at that point because you can work those 80-hour weeks and you're not even working. Folks like you and I, Sabrina, are we working or are we playing right now? This might be part of our work, but to me, it's play. play. My That's pleasure. right. It's play. Yeah. Thanks so much for answering that because that was one of the other questions that came about on the chat line. It's like, well, you know, we want to be able to, to make financial gain in our business, but working to add value to the lives of other people, that's highly important. Yep. Okay, well, thank you so much for being with us. 